Good morning. Grace and peace to you. That is becoming, I think, one of my favorite songs. really like the sentiment of that song. Melody's good, too. I want to continue our series this morning in 1 John, but before we jump into that, I'm sitting there and just looking at the symbolism before us. Did you notice that? Over here on this side, we have the preborn life given by God in the womb. And over on this side, we have, for many folks in the care center, the last years, months, or even days of their lives. And so God telling us that life is precious. Life comes from God and from no other place. And so uh, all life is special and good and comes from God. Let us always remember that. Continuing our series from 1 John, the previous two lessons, and the point was John writes, in his first letter, 1 John, four reasons why he writes. And he says in, in those various verses, he said, these things I've written are words similar to that. And the first one was, as we've styled it, hashtag joy. And John didn't have a cell phone. He couldn't tweet out, but we're kind of bringing it down to today's day and age. He wrote the letter. So your joy may be full. The second one was hashtag not sin. We talked about that last week. So you will not sin. How wicked and ugly sin is and how harmful it is. And we are not to sin and we're to strive and to resist the evil one as much as we can. Today's lesson has to do with deceivers. Deceivers. 1 John 2 and 26 where he says, these things I've written to you concerning those who are trying to deceive you. Ever been deceived? Lied to? Tricked? Made a fool of? Hornswoggled? I think we all have at one point or another believed somebody, believed a lie, and turned out to stab us in the back in one way or another. I was just thinking about this, of course, as you prepare a lesson, you start thinking about illustrations and all, and there's an ad on TV right now. How many of you are familiar with the uh, MyPillow ad? Probably never seen that, right? Never seen that. Well, some time ago, uh, if you were listening to the ad, and after you hear it a couple of times, you just kind of turn it off. He was offering that, uh, you buy one, get one free. Remember that? Patty's shaking her head, yes. Okay. Just this past couple of weeks, there was a new ad. Still for my pillow, still a lot of the same stuff. But it comes on the screen and it says, you use this promo code, you know, whatever, when you call in, I'll send you two pillows for one low price. 
And the two and the one are in big letters. But you see, that's not the same as buy one, get one, is it? It's just saying, I'll send you two pillows for one low price. He's not saying, I'll send you two pillows for the price of one. See the difference? So it's a trick. It's a deception based upon what he has said before. Now, I got nothing against the MyPillow guy, but this is the way these people advertise. And, well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, John writes out, he doesn't want his readers to be duped, okay, to be deceived, and he's warning them that there are deceivers out there. Certainly, when it comes to life, understanding what life is all about, our purpose here, what it's for, okay, what we believe, and our future, we don't want to be deceived, do we? Do we? We want to be on the track that we know is right, correct? That this is the way things are, this is the real God, this is the future that I have. That if I'm on this track over here, that it's going to lead nowhere. It's going to lead to destruction. So I want to be sure that I'm not deceived in what I believe. Not deceived in my faith. I want the truth, in other words. So important. Let's go to John chapter 8 before we get into 1 John there. And this kind of set the stage for this because the world has a slithery leader. It's called Satan. And in the garden he was a serpent. And Jesus is talking to some of the Jews here who were not believing him, who were not accepting him, they were resisting his message. In John 8, 43, Why do you not understand what I am saying? Good question, right? They're not even understanding what he's trying to tell them. It is because you cannot hear my word. Now, he's not saying that their ears aren't working, all right? Like with some of the folks, he actually had to give them back their hearing, right? He's not saying that your ears are not working. He is just saying, you are not hearing what I say. Why was that the case? Well, he says in 44, because you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. In other words, they already had an, a message in their head, and that's the only message they wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear about him, that he was the Christ. They had to change their way of living, become his disciples, and et cetera, et cetera. They didn't want to hear that. That's why they couldn't hear what he said. They just were rejecting it. They weren't letting it get into their heart. You are of your father, the devil. Notice what he says about the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. That's what he brought about. He brought death into the 
human family, right? By deceiving Eve. She made the wrong choice. He deceived her. Excuse me. She ate of the tree. Adam ate of the tree. Death came. Not only of the body, but also the soul. Separation from God. So he was a murderer from the beginning. Does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Wow. How'd you like to have that said of you? You're so wicked and so evil, there's no truth in you whatsoever. Can't accept the truth, can't say the truth. A total lie, a total falsehood. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That's the devil. He's the prince of the power of the air right now. And people of the world follow the devil. Okay? They speak lies. Deceivers. But because I speak the truth, Jesus said, you do not believe me. I speak the truth. You do not believe me. This is a problem we have sometimes. We're having conversation with folks. They're so caught up in their own lies and deceptions, being deceived by the devil, they cannot get the truth in. It's a terrible situation. And this is one reason why John writes, to be deceived about God is to destroy the soul, isn't it? It's a terrible thing. If a person is deceived about their soul, about their faith, about what they believe, they're going to lose everything. They're going to lose it all. It's a serious matter. Because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? You know, he's just asking the question. I'm telling you the truth, he says. He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you're not of God. Wow, very serious stuff. Very serious stuff. We're just uh, starting our morning class in Revelation. And... uh, I had a picture there in Revelation 19 of Jesus coming and destroying the, uh, the beast and uh, the false prophet. And the big thing there behind all of that was the fact that the false prophet deceived the people and caused them to worship the beast and not to worship God. That's where the battle is and that's where the battle still is today. What is the truth? Who is God and whom should you worship? All right, let's go to 1 John. We already saw there in 2.26 where he says, you know, written these things concerning those who are trying to deceive you. I think some people purposely try to deceive. Okay? And then some people just do it because they don't believe the truth. That's just who they are. They believe something else, and they won't accept what is the truth. I'm going to look at two sections of Scripture here in 1 John, 
first one starting in 2.18, where he warns about the deceivers and the way to tell the difference, all right, and uh, some of the things that we need to be aware of. Because there are deceivers in the world, there are deceivers today. He says, children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it is the last hour. We're told in other places it's the last days. John says it's the last hour. What I think he's saying there is that everything has happened at that point, which was back then, that the return of Christ could happen at any moment. At any moment. Just like it's the last hour. The fact that this Antichrist or the many Antichrists have come shows that it's the last hour. The Christ and his teachings are being opposed. He says there are many Antichrists have appeared. This destroys many people's interpretation of the book of Revelation because they're waiting for this one Antichrist guy who they identify as the beast to appear. Some say uh, Satan himself inhabiting a human body person and there will be this great battle over Jerusalem and so forth and so on. It's interesting to note that the word Antichrist is never mentioned in the book of Revelation. Never. So what we see here is that Antichrist is just a spirit, an idea that is in people, that they oppose the teachings and the truths of Christ Jesus. That's all it means. They're opposed to him. What, what does he say there in 19? They went out from us, meaning these Antichrist types, but they were not really of us. So they were within the church somehow, but they weren't really convinced, maybe. Didn't accept all the truth. Uh, were holding back. They were not all in, as we've had lessons before, you know, holding to part of the word, part of, you know, their own little thing. But they were not one of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out. So that it would be shown that they all are not of us. Remember, Jesus warned of wolves in sheep's clothing. Remember that? Well, that's who these folks were, wolves in sheep clothing. They did not have the full belief, the total faith. They didn't love the Lord. They didn't love the truth. And they went out with their own lies. Representing, okay, trying to represent Christ. I think in some extent, Paul talked about false apostles. Maybe these are some of those fellows. Portraying, they, portraying that they were the apostles of Christ, but not, not teaching the truth, partial truths, 
things like that. Verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. You all know. We who are Christians know. We started the last two lessons from 1 John chapter 5. Know this, we know that, we know this. And this book is very much about knowing. Knowing the word, knowing the truth. That is the remedy for deception, isn't it? When you know the truth, that's the remedy for not being deceived. You all know, he says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth. Notice that verse. That's not why I write, but because you do know it, because no lie is of the truth. The guard against being deceived is to know the truth, to know it for sure. Let me repeat that. The guard against being deceived is to know the truth. Most of us here have been through uh, the Truth Project. And Del Tackett, a little phrase there he used a lot, which was really good. He says, do you really believe that what you believe is really real? Remember that? Do you really believe that? That what you believe is really real? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that little phrase and rework it. Do you know that what you know is really the truth? You need to answer that. Do you know that what you know is really the truth? Because if you're deceived, you could lose it all. That's why the scripture so much talks about the truth and the word of God and knowing this word and following this word. All of it. All of it. Not just part of it. So do you know that what you know is really the truth? John says, I'm writing this to you, my readers, because you know the truth. So, so since you know the truth, don't be led astray by some other stuff, garbage, babble that you hear out here. No matter how good it sounds, he says, no lie is of the truth. It might sound really great. It might sound really good. It might sound plausible. But is it the truth? If it's not, walk away from it. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like. Verse 22. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. This was a big problem in the day of John. Many people did not accept that Jesus came in the flesh, okay, in the body, that he was like an apparition. They had these strange teachings. Some of them were Gnostic teachings. He says here, you have to accept that Jesus is the Christ. If you don't, 
Okay, the Christ being the anointed one of God. If you don't, then you don't have the Father either. Notice how he ties them together. The one who confesses the Son has the Father. Also, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. There are some religions today that want the Father, but they will not accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Christ, the Chosen One. This verse destroys their religion. Right here. It's the truth. Right there. Don't be deceived by a religion that does not accept that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, come in the flesh. And our next scripture is going to look at that a little more closely. Don't accept it. Don't listen to it. It might have some good points and some good thoughts. But it's a lie. It's a deception. If you deny that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, then you are denying the Father also. They are inseparable. They are God. Father, Son, and Spirit. Verse 24. As for you, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning, and what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. I think his reference there is, you know, they heard the truth taught. That's how they come to Christ Jesus. All right, whether it was by John or some of the other apostles or some evangelist or whatever. You heard from the beginning. You know what it is. You know the truth. Let that remain in you. Psalmist writes in Psalm 119, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've got to have that word of God. We've got to know it. We've got to have it in our hearts so we're not deceived. And if there's something we hear we're not sure about, then we need to consult this word or have someone help me consult the word to find the truth. Let's go over to chapter 4 now, 1 John 4. This seems to have been a very uh, prevalent problem, deceivers. And especially because they were misrepresenting themselves as being ministers of the gospel and presenting these ideas as truth. John says, beware. You have to, what's he say in verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever tested a spirit? I'm serious. From all that you've heard out there, people, this includes books you've read, TV evangelists, you test the spirits. You know how to test the spirits. You just swallow it down as if it's true. John says, do not believe every spirit. Don't do it. You've got to test them. Because you know the truth. You want the truth. Because only the truth will make you free. 
and keep you on the right path. Any lie, any deception will lead you astray. We have to believe there are many false prophets. I've used these illustrations before. I'm not going to get into any of them now. The ones, some of the ones you see on TV, I just cringe at their message. It's so horrible. It's so worldly. And representing Christ with that message is just terrible. Anyway, verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. As I said, this was a big problem in John's day. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. It was in John's day, it's in our day, it's here. Jesus didn't really come in the flesh. He's not really the Christ. He's not really the Son of God. He's just a prophet. He was just a good man. Ever hear any of that anywhere? That's not from God. That's not the truth. It needs to be rejected. It's the spirit of Antichrist. Verse 4. You are from God. All right? Well, that should uplift them. That should uplift you. You know the truth. You are from God. You believe Jesus Christ came in the flesh. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because you're so good? Because you're so smart? Because you have you know, such intelligence and insight? No, once again, it's not about you. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I think that's a reference to the Holy Spirit. You are a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, is trying to direct your life, comforter, counselor, helper, paraclete. You have that help. Don't reject that help. He is greater than all the lies out there, all the false prophets, greater than the devil. So listen to Holy Spirit. Follow the word of God. Not all this other junk that keeps coming our way. Verses 5 and 6. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. And indeed the world does. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We could say the us. Of course, John is still in that day alive and traveling around and preaching, I presume. He doesn't, he's not here today. We're talking about the word of God here, the Holy Scriptures. This is what we know, and this is what we know is the truth, and that's what we listen to and follow. The Word of God. He says, by this you know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Anybody that rejects the Bible as being the truth, as being still relevant, is not of God. Right? 
They are not of God. This is serious stuff, folks. Someday we'll all stand before Christ. What have you done? Whom have you served? Who did you help find the way? Or did you even bother with it? Very quickly, some of the false messages of today's false prophets and deceivers. Very quickly, and then we're going to wrap up in 1 John 2. This is some that are out there. You've probably heard them. The Bible is not historical. It's a myth. But a lot of the things, especially in the first part of Genesis, is not true. It never happened. That's a deception. That's a lie. The Bible is not true. It is full of lies and distortions. The Bible is unreliable. It's full of contradictions. The Bible is outdated and irrelevant. We have, as mankind, have progressed beyond the need for this word. Ever hear that one? All religions are equal and should be accepted as such. Big lie. Big lie. Political correctness flies in the face of the truth of God's word. All religions are not true. They do not worship God. Period. They don't. Any religion is a crutch. You don't need religion. You don't need faith. To abort a baby in the womb is not murder. Is not killing a human being. Big lie. Two men or two women can constitute a marriage. Another lie. Baptism is not necessary for salvation. Being a member of and working and worshiping with a local church is not necessary. God is going to save everybody except the very worst of us. You know, the murders, rapists, and all that. Everybody else, you're pretty good. You don't hurt anybody. You're, you're in. All lies. And you could probably tack on another dozen you've heard that do not match up with this word, the spirit of truth. The worst deception. 1 John 2 and 3. The worst deception is, however, self-deception. Did you know that? By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him. I'm a Christian. I follow the Lord Jesus. And does not keep his commandments is a liar. Strong words. True words. Words of the apostle, words of the Holy Spirit. And the truth is not in him. That's what we're talking about here, deception, right? Some people are self-deceived. They walk around, I'm a Christian, I do this, I'm a good person, I'm going to be saved, but do they do what's in this book? No. No, not, not hardly. But whoever keeps his word, 
In him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner in which he walked. Don't be deceived by yourself. Are you walking as Christ walked? Are you keeping his word? Are you listening to deceivers? Do you know the truth? Kind of the same question. If we don't know the truth, we'll be led astray and we'll lose it all. If we don't obey the truth, we might know it. We might know it, but as we just read it, we don't do it. It really doesn't do us any good, does it? We might expound a whole list of Bible truths, but I look at your life and it's, it's kind of laid back, lazy, or, you know, whatever. And you're not really following the Lord. This morning, you have an opportunity. We always give an opportunity for some to respond to the Word of God, to Jesus himself. You want to obey this gospel. If you do understand and believe that he is the Christ, came in the flesh, gave his life for us that we might all live and live with him forever, then we can assist you with your obedience this morning. If you're a Christian and you're not sure of the truth, you don't know how to test the spirits, you need, you need to do some work. You need to repent and change. If you need prayer this morning for any reason, we'll, we'll help you with that. If you want to respond, please come while we stand and sing.